Hey, Pregnantish listeners, whether you are currently trying to conceive or thinking about freezing your eggs, Shady Grove Fertility, an award-winning fertility center, has treatment options that work. More than 85,000 babies have been born thanks to the care at Shady Grove Fertility. So come on in, get tested, and see what your options are. Call 1-877-IT'S-TIME or visit ShadyGroveFertility.com to find a center near you. What do you think about egg freezing? Um, I think of, oh gosh, I don't know. I guess like, I don't know. This is deeply personal. <laughs> um, I don't know. Expensive. I think about just a friend who talked about the fact that it was more than $20,000. <laughs> People who can get pregnant are often told that they have a certain window of time in which to do so, and I don't know how true that is, but if someone is nearing the end of that window and they want to get pregnant eventually, they might go and have their eggs frozen and just have that on deck if and when the time comes. I mean, obviously looking at it from the gay perspective, just because we're not able to have kids as easily just asking somebody or going through the process of having eggs frozen for, you know, that opportunity later on in life. That it's a conversation that happens actually in a lot of groups of friends. But I think it does come up sometimes if we hear about someone, a friend of a friend or someone who has frozen their eggs or like a celebrity that's frozen their eggs. Or I think about the fact that I know that there are some companies that are actually starting to incorporate that into their like health insurance plans. Um, I know someone who's planning to because the company that she works for is offering that for free and she doesn't know if she wants kids, but she wants to have the option. I think it's less stigmatized than maybe it was even five, maybe even like five years ago. I think it's uh, empowering in a way. It's pretty empowering that you can control that timeline on your own terms. Um, but, you know, insurance is not going to cover that for me, baby. <laughs> Am I repeating myself? You know, at some point. You know, I don't know where I'm going to be in 10 years. So, yeah, if I were in a situation where that were, was a concern of mine, why wouldn't I? I'd say go get them. I think, I mean, it's a great way to embrace the um, capabilities of modern technology and what's wrong with having a child or, and, and the various ways that we can have a child. So, yeah, I say go for it. This is Pregnantish, a podcast that shines a light on the extraordinary stories of modern family planning. Egg freezing is a part of the path to parenthood for so many. Today, we're going to tell the story of two people who know egg freezing well from a professional and a personal lens. We've got someone really special in the studio today. Uh, she's a friend. She's an author. She's given a voice to many at the forefront of what we're talking about today. Sarah, welcome to Pregnantish. Why don't you introduce yourself? My name is Sarah Richards. I'm a journalist. Um, I write a lot about health and science. And I wrote a book um, about four years ago called Motherhood Rescheduled, The New Frontier of Egg Freezing and the Women Who Tried It. And what I wanted to do, that this was, gosh, when I started writing this book, it was a couple of years before that. Um, and what year was that? What I wanted. Uh, what year did you write? So the book came out in 2014. And that's when egg freezing was really starting to take off. People were just starting to hear about it. And what was interesting to me is everyone had all these questions. And, you know, as we'll talk about today, one of the biggest questions was, like, if you could take that pressure off, 
you know, what would how would your life turn out? You know, would you make better decisions in dating in, you know, your job trajectory, you know, everything, everything about your life, if you could take that pressure off, you know, what would happen? But at the time, you know, there weren't people who had frozen their eggs, you know, so many years before that we could talk to them. There were no big sisters that, you know, you could ask, like, what would happen if I froze? Um, you know, what what would happen? What would I tell dates? You know, what would my mom think about it? All the questions that women have when they start thinking about this. Um, so what I did is I actually found the first, this first wave of women who had frozen and was able to, some of them were still in the middle of their, their motherhood journey. But what I was able to do was, was talk to them, interview them, and then trace what happened from the minute they started, you know, really worrying about their fertility through the time they froze and then follow them after. So it was about like a five-year window. And it was amazing just to see like, you know, how they approach their life after they took that pressure off through freezing. So that's, so that's, a, that's, that's amazing. That's, those are the questions we wanted, I wanted to answer. And I was able to do it by interviewing um, yeah, about, a, about four women. How did you find the women for your book that were, you know, really the pioneers in this? I found the first wave of doctors who had offered freezing and, you know, interviewed them, traveled to their clinics, got to know their staff, got to know their nurses. I remember this one doctor in Florida. I brought a New York cheesecake. <laughs> so I'm basically I'm asking them to connect me with their earliest clients. And they don't know me. They don't know if they can trust me. And, you know, doctors generally aren't willing to, you know, open up their, their you know, Rolodex for you. And they did. They connected me. And so I was really grateful. They really were the pioneers. Thanks, for, and yeah, thanks for acknowledging that because I, I told them when I first met them, and it's it's this really weird thing when you start to meet when you meet somebody that you want to include in a book because you're going to interview them over many months. You're you know you form these really close relationships, and so you know I I a lot of times I had to travel to their home cities. Um, I went to Seattle. I went to Georgia, and you know you ask them out to dinner, and you know you we everyone has a glass of wine, and you're you're just like so nervous that they're going <laughs> to you know so you're trying to you know sell yourself and you know I'm going to tell your story and this is really important to women and they were just so gracious and lovely and I was really honored to meet them so let's set the scene it's 2012 you're interested in writing a book about this modern trend called egg freezing what inspired you to start pursuing that I was in my early 30s I'm in New York City and I'm having you know, brunch with friends. I'm meeting girlfriends for drinks or whatever, the normal social things you do in New York City at that age. And it was something that we couldn't stop talking about. And that's, I remember when I, I when I was in graduate school and I took this book writing class and, you know, we'd talk about how do you know that you found the right topic? And someone said, it's like, you can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop talking about it. And it was it always came to that central question. If if you could take that pressure off, what would you do? Like how would your life be different? Let's find women who can tell us who've already, you know, gone through that journey and yeah, tell us, you know, because basically at the time it was much more expensive than it is now and you want to know is it worth it? It's so interesting. Like it's not everyone's idea of brunch conversation, but you're out with girlfriends talking about egg freezing over a mimosa. 
Well, that's the thing. When you're talking with your friends, everyone had a story. Not even not even about themselves, but they're like, you know, I know this one girl, and she'd married this guy, and I always wonder if she made the right decision. Or it's just, yeah, like that would be great for my sister. She's just, I don't know, my mom's on her case. <laughs> so everyone just like had this whole personal thing, and that's yeah, that's how I knew there is something going on in our culture, and we need to know more about it. And what did you find when you started your research? Psychologically, well, it definitely takes the pressure off. You feel a tremendous relief. Um, a lot of women told me that they felt, they just felt really proud of themselves because we'll talk about this, you know, like the narrative has changed a little bit, you know, in say in the last 10 years. Right now, it's perceived as something really positive and empowering, and it, there's a real go girl attitude about it. But, you know, let's say 10 years ago, it was sort of this feeling of women. You know, they thought they were going to be mothers or have these families and be married by a certain time in their life. And that didn't materialize. So I think, you know, a lot of women maybe felt bad about it or thought that they had done something wrong or didn't. I don't know. There was just a lot of bad feelings about it. One woman told me, she said it was like, I finally, it was how I could take care of myself. So it's almost like they, they changed the trajectory of their life. So they just, it was this very positive thing. Because again, this is years ago. This was almost a decade ago. What did it cost you to freeze your eggs versus now? I mean, what what has changed there? Hugely. So yeah, I mean, it wasn't that, it wasn't, it was starting to get known. And so it was was still very experimental. Um, So I think it was around $13,000 to do a round of it. And now clinics, you know, they're offering it for $5,000, $6,000. So it's it's definitely come down. Okay, so it's literally half as expensive as it was just a few years ago. So what what has shifted that landscape? I mean, why is it more accessible now? It's more reasonably priced because a lot of clinics are, you know, finding new markets and new ways to make it more accessible to women. There's a bigger market. Obviously, more clinics want part of that market. There's also a growing recognition that, you know, it's great to to do a round of freezing and you, you can freeze anywhere, you know, who knows, from six to, you know, 20 eggs. It, it really depends on you. And what what's changed technologically? Because you mentioned it's gotten better since you had your eggs retrieved. What what has changed? Yeah. So in the early days, they had a different freezing method called slow freezing. And um, what's changed is it's now most doctors are using. It's called a flash freeze method called vitrification. Um, so that the freezing method has improved and more eggs survive the, the thawing process. Um, they have better success fertilizing the eggs and growing them into embryos. Um, but just in general, IVF has gotten better. I think um, the science has improved. You know, doctors are better at determining what kind of hormone regimen to give you and how to monitor you and you know, so just the, as the science moves up in general, I mean, we all benefit from it. So it's a better experience for patients, but wider access to more efficient technology also helps bring down prices. We know that better technology, better results means more women making the choice to freeze. But the the other part of this uh, demand is that more companies are funding egg freezing. So I think there's just more demand in general that makes it more affordable. Even though it's cheaper now than it has been in the past, there are some other costs women should consider, right? It depends. So my bill is like $440 a month. I mean, sorry, a year. Um, it, it varies so much. Um, but I don't know. It's 
one woman told me that she loved paying it because it felt like a, she said it was a reminder of the good decision that I had made. And it was like giving herself this extension almost, you know. It was like when you get your car registration, you put that sticker on. You just feel really good. Like, yeah, you know, I've given myself a year, another year. And so it was like, it was almost the celebration. And I know that's not everyone feels that way. They feel like it's just a ridiculous thing to have to pay every year. But it was just, it's, it has a positive thing of like giving yourself another year, giving yourself more time, not, you know, closing out something. So um, aside from writing the book and finding out, um, did you start to consider doing it yourself? I mean, what was your process in terms of your relationship to egg freezing as a single woman at the time? Yeah. So that's also, I was obviously interested for myself. It's, that's, you know, we tend to be attracted to topics, you know, that we are dealing with in our own way somehow. Um, but yeah, I, I was dating. I had, you know, come out of this marriage and I was dating and, you know, I was with somebody that I was really in love with, but he wasn't sure he wanted kids and you just you feel all of a sudden that your 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 future is just everything feels like this huge decision and you feel this window closing and it it causes so much stress and at what um, age what age does that window feel i mean i can guess um just based on yeah my 30, own life but for you three thirty four. i think mm. It was around 34, like, you know, when I would, whenever I would have a birthday, I would, you know, I remember sitting at Starbucks with this little index card and like <laughs> trying to make this timeline. Okay, well, if I do this then and I have this first baby then and then, you know, my, my I knew all the stats and it, it's like really crazy making. And that's, I mean, you know, the worst thing you can do is to try to draw a timeline of your life and think that everything's going to line up the way you hope it will. It's one of those things, even though if you feel that pressure internally, you, I'm, I'm going to go out and say it's it's hard to hide. And I tried really hard not to be that really neurotic, you know. Well, what are you thinking? But, you know, if you're on a second, third date, the, the topic does come to that. And, you you know, you're, you're trying to be all cool about it. Like, oh, well, you know, do you want a family someday? And so, yeah, it is. Even if you try to play it cool, it is still. It was on my mind. I don't want well, to Well, I would think women. also. I would think, and um, I've heard from other women who have frozen their eggs even today, that it's empowering in a way. It's actually something that maybe a date would appreciate. Maybe not hearing on date one, that right. would be TMI. But if you're in a relationship, uh, things like family, do you want children? What do you see in your future? Inevitably come up. And why wouldn't this come up? What What have you found Um when it comes to that, is is it appropriate yeah. to mention and how how do you well, bring that up? Thank you for asking because I have very clear thoughts on this based on my own experience. So, well, first of all, it changes your own energy. So you're more relaxed. You're like you know, whatever. You're you're not you know trying to divine what's going to happen with this person and make you know all these big assumptions or, you know, evaluate him and think of, well, where is he in his life? Do you think he'd want kids or more kids? And so you're just like, okay, I'm here on a date. Um, I think early on after, even after I froze my eggs, I still felt a lot of pressure. So I, 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 it wasn't like I was trying to, um, 
divine what was going on in their life so much as I was I felt like this need to sort of advertise it a little bit and be like oh yeah you know well I froze my eggs thinking (laughs) in my mind I assumed they were really focused and like (laughs) and thinking about well you know she's 38 now and what does that mean is she gonna want kids next year and well they weren't thinking like that but um yeah so I'd bring it up thinking I was going to sound really cool and like and my message to them, which I thought was like, oh, yeah, you know, you don't even need to worry about my age because I have done this cool thing. So we're just going to have fun. And, you know, it's all off the table here, um, that conversation, at least, or that pressure. But what happened is they like they didn't know about it. So they were like, well, what is that? And so <laughs> they'd ask me about it and I'd explain it. And then on many, many occasions, the whole date turns into a biology lesson. Because <laughs> <And then laughs> they don't know what it is. <laughs> no. So here. We're take, I'm taking this fun date and turning into this biology lesson. And then a lot of times they would say, well, you know, my sister-in-law had problems with fertility and she went on IVF. So now I think I'm spreading this great message. And now we're having a conversation about IVF and infertility. And I'm like, no, that was not how it was supposed to go. <laughs> it was yeah. supposed to be sexier. Yep. So, okay, you're let's, so you're on a date You mentioned to your date that you have frozen your eggs. You're feeling really good about it. You yourself personally feel like the pressure has been taken off. What does that feel like? I mean, for those who are listening who just have kind of thought about this but don't really know about it, how did it take the pressure off for you and also the women you interviewed? Your, how do I explain it? You have more time. You, it, Instead of feeling this window closing, you feel like you've opened it up a little bit. And I also think a lot of women say, this is what a lot of women have told me, is that going through the act of freezing, you know, you've, you've got to think about, is this something you want? You go to the consultation, you pay the money, you go through the whole procedure. G- going through that that activity f- has forced you to think about, well, do I really want to be a mom? How do I want to be a mom? So almost you've you've committed to this decision or this I don't say outcome, but you've you've clarified in your mind like what your values are and what you want, and you take the step to protect that. Mm-mm. I love that. I mean, I think that it it is an incredible trend that's growing that women are taking control of their fertility and their reproductive lives and their future as as much as they can. Um, How have you seen the cultural landscape surrounding this shift since you froze your eggs, since you researched your book? What has shifted in your opinion? The biggest thing is it's more popular. It's a lot of people know what it is. You know, women know about it. it. It's in our popular culture. We hear about celebrities doing it. But the biggest thing that changed is I'd say about 10 years ago when it was just getting off the ground. You know, I think a lot of women thought that they would be in a different situation in their lives, you know, by the, you know, they would be married with kids by a certain age or I don't know. So egg freezing for them was was this response of my life hasn't turned out the way I thought it would. Um, so this is a solution that I can take advantage of. What's hugely shifted is it has this, you know, go girl attitude about it. You know, some women even talk about, you know, they plan to freeze their eggs. And it's just, it's not like a response because they, they didn't steer their life in, the, in, in like a bad way or something or not the best way. Let's start over. It's not a response because they thought that, you know, they should have done something differently in their lives or made, you know, better romantic decisions or been more proactive about dating or 
whatever the story is. It's more like, oh, I have this option. These are things I still want to do. I'm not ready to have to be a mother. I haven't found the right person. Isn't this awesome that I can do egg freezing? So it's 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 almost like it has a cool factor now that it didn't have then. I think you're totally right because I, I even see on Instagram, if you look at the hashtag egg freezing, uh, which I'm yeah. sure, sure you have, <laughs> um, it is just a lot of selfies in the clinic and a oh lot God, of- Oh they're taking selfies of them injecting medications, right? I mean, right? unbelievable. I, yeah. I, the last thing I wanted to do while preparing for my egg retrieval was to advertise myself in a smock and feeling, you know, bloated. And But they're really celebrating this. And I would say you're that- You're right. It is a celebration. That's a great word for it. And that that's probably changed, right? I mean, when right. you started, were people challenging you at the time? It, ten years ago, I had a veneer of shame around it. Like, yeah, again, that you hadn't steered your life the thought that you, the, the way you thought you would have, or that it was this like desperate attempt to save like your last chance of motherhood. And I mean, I'm 34 years old, <laughs> not you know 58, right? It just had this like. Really, is that something you want to do? I mean, has it really come to this, Sarah? You know, where, you know, you take the 34 year old who's like, look at me with my, you know, injection and I'm going to Thailand next month. It's like kind of awesome that we've had this shift. In terms of um, the dating world and singles being affected by the access to this technology, to the popularity of egg freezing, how do you think this will shift uh, the dating world? Yeah, it's it's a it's a game changer because we're not just talking about egg freezing. We're talking about IVF. We're talking about being able to use donor eggs. Um, You know, so your ability to have a baby at, you know, pretty much any age, a lot of, some clinics have an age cut off, um, if it's like say 50 or 51, or I think there's, I think there's one clinic in New York, they don't even have an age cut off of when you wow. come back or, you know, use your eggs or um, use donor eggs. But yeah, it, it's women, and I don't think women even understand, or even men don't understand, like, it, the world has just changed so dramatically. It's just really opened up. So, you know, through a combo of different technologies, yeah, you can have a baby. It's it's not a big deal, you know, at 47 to have a baby anymore. So, you know, imagine how that translates into like, you know, the window of, of how you can, you know, find a partner or plan out your life or however you decide that you want that to look like. It just, it just opens up the world in just this very positive way transformative way. I I totally agree. I think that um, just, again, psychologically, knowing that you've taken some control of your future. And by the way, I think it's obvious, but I should mention, for those who never want to have children or aren't sure, um, by no means do I think you should freeze your eggs and keep dating. I mean, it's like, it's really for those who have family, the goal of building a family on their mind and are trying to take some proactive steps. Um, I wonder if you could give yourself advice now to the the woman you were then when you froze your eggs. What would you tell her? Would you do anything differently? I've talked to a few women that they were the act of freezing sort of helped them come to peace if they end up if they ended up not wanting kids. It was like they had done something about that, and so it's it's almost like changed the dynamic a little bit where they were more controlled to make a decision, even against using them. 
I love that because I, I always say that the narrative is old. The one first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes a baby carriage. Yeah. We're, we're skipping steps. We're missing steps. We're mixing up steps. We have more singles than ever before in this country. And so I just think that so many decisions around modern family building and when we decide to build, if we are going to have a family, when that happens, that's going to shift. And we may or may not be in a committed relationship. So everything's going to look different than, you know, our grandparents' generation. And I think it's really empowering and important for for people to understand that. There's no one way anymore. There really isn't. And I've known, I remember seeing a woman who had had a child on her own. And, you know, now she's posting all these pictures of Instagram because, you know, now she's in a new relationship. And, you know, this guy would love to be a dad to her kid. And it's just, you just don't know how it's going to shape out, you know? So it's wonderful to see that. And this is like, just reinforces, there is no one way. And I think the more you can open yourself up to a ton of different ways, it makes life a lot easier and you end up being a lot happier. Love it. Sarah, that was awesome. I think, um, I think for anyone listening who had questions, confusion. Um, I feel like running to freeze my eggs, which is ridiculous because I don't, at this point, I'm not going to do that. But uh, <laughs> you you certainly made it sound more accessible. So thank you so much for sharing such good perspective. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you too. This episode is brought to you by Shady Grove Fertility. Shady Grove Fertility is excited to welcome you to their brand new fertility center in New York City. Their newest full-service location offers access to two leading board-certified reproductive endocrinologists and infertility specialists, Drs. Tomer Singer and Anat Brower. They have a state-of-the-art laboratory and a track record of success that will provide you with a tailored treatment plan designed to deliver the results you've been waiting for in the personalized environment that you need. New Yorkers can now also access Shady Grove Fertility's exclusive 100% money-back options for IVF, donor egg treatment, and egg freezing. Patients trust Shady Grove Fertility. They are one of only a few centers in the nation with published success rates for women who return to use their frozen eggs. In fact, they're one of the top egg freezing programs in the country. So come on in, get tested, and see what your options are. Call one eight seven seven. its time or visit ShadyGroveFertility.com. Now we're going to speak to the personal side of egg freezing, someone who went through it. Co, thank you so much for coming into the studio. So for those who don't know, who are you? I am a 33-year-old single woman in New York City. I grew up on Guam and was a journalist, now also a yoga teacher, um, with big dreams still here in this city. You mentioned you were not a mom when I asked who you are. So why did that come up? Because wanting a baby is something I've wanted for a really long time. Um, Not just in my 30s, but since I was younger. Um, And I think a lot of stuff, a lot of labeling is with what we do or what we don't do. And right now I'm taking care of myself and not taking care of another person, but that's something I'd like to do very much. So you'd like to be a mom, and you're 33, and what steps have you taken or not taken towards that goal? Um, well, I have dated a bunch, <laughs> and last summer I decided to freeze my eggs um, as part of the intention of becoming a mom. 
I know some people feel weird about calling it a backup plan, but that is how I approached it as um, plan B. What inspired you to pursue that? I had been thinking about it for a couple years. Um, In one of the women's group that I am involved with, um, somebody had brought it up, somebody a little bit older than me. And it started a conversation, a conversation that was not out in the open, but it definitely piqued my interest. And I just kind of kept it tucked in the back of my head. I was going to my gynecologist every year. Everything looked fine. But I was wondering, what is this like AMH level that could show how fertile I am right now? So um, I went to go check that out one year. Um, Broke up with somebody that I was dating, and then I got checked another year, and it was still pretty good. But um, then I really kind of dove into the research of what egg freezing would look like and if my work benefits might cover some of it. So when you started looking into it, what did you find? Yeah, um, that not a lot of people were talking about it openly. The information was hard to find. Uh, my gynecologist didn't kind of refer me as much as, you know, I respect her. She didn't refer me to a lot of um, additional resources. Uh, so I had to go really searching for stuff. Um, even my workplace, which was not Apple or Facebook, it was a new benefit that I think I was one of the first people to take advantage of. Um, so I just got a letter in the mail one day once they had kind of processed my application and it was kind of like getting into college, like, wow, yay, I got, you know, up to a certain amount covered. You've got some funding for the egg freezing, which helps with the financial stress. But how did you feel physically about the process as you started? I get allergy shots. And even when I get allergy shots, I look away. So I was really nervous about trying to, knowing that I would have to you know, give myself injections. Um, and I even asked um, a nurse, like, can I hire somebody to come to my house and do it for me? Um, But once I started doing it, I was okay. But the question being like, you know, what was it like before? Um, Yeah, I was definitely nervous about um, how my body would react because I'd never been pregnant before. I'd never gone through the process before. The giving yourself injections is is very intense. My husband always did mine when I went through IVF. And of course, IVF is the first step of egg freezing because it's egg retrieval. Um, so so you're you're getting prepared to give yourself injections and you don't know how the hormones are going to, you know, react in your body. How did you prepare for that? Well, as you mentioned, I teach yoga. So a lot of it was um, meditating and making sure I was in a good kind of mental, emotional spot, which included opening up to my friends. Um, And at the same time, as you know, turning to social media for more support. So I created um, a separate Instagram account to be a little bit, a lot more candid about my journey. Um, And the response was like, great. I realized there was like this huge community on social media um, that talked about egg freezing and fertility struggles and miscarriages and IVF. Um, And that was really helpful for me to just see. Um, No, they weren't going to 
be able to come over and do the shots for me. But at least I knew there were other people who had gone through it before and they were maybe even going through it themselves at the same time. Community is hugely important when you're going through something like this. And I really can't stress that enough. And that's actually why I created Pregnantish. There needs to be more spaces where people have open talks. And that includes talks about egg freezing. But a public conversation is starting to take hold. It's definitely something that's been around, but it's catching on a lot more. And the marketing is definitely being market, you know, directed towards the millennials, whether it's the angle of like, hey, you can, you know, pursue your career if you freeze your eggs or, um, hey, this bachelorette is doing her egg freezing. You should do it, too. Um, And it's also like a form of empowerment, which it can be a marketing message, but I also felt empowered through the process. So in preparing for that first night of, of injections, what did you do? How did you prepare? Oh, man. Um, I just watched uh, on Netflix that series, College of... Th- Friends, Friends from, from College. college. <laughs> Friends from College. And... Um, spoiler alert, they go through a similar procedure, right? So there's this part where somebody's like watching the video over and over again, like second by second. Like that was me, like in my studio, like making sure I don't mess anything up and knowing that the hormones are very expensive and um, and then not feeling anything on the first shot and then feeling definitely the effect on the second one. And then like being very proud for like, all right, got like the first day done. I can do this. I'm doing this for me. Like, let's think about the bigger picture. And hey, I'm still alive. Right. <laughs> it's like that. Whew. Done. Did you invite someone over or were you on your own? Um, at the time, my cousin from Korea was visiting. So she was staying with me. And I was just like, I can't be distracted. But I also liked knowing that someone was there in case. I don't know. Just in case. Right. So um, she was there for some of it. How long from start to finish, by the way, were you going through this process? In all, like less than a month. Right. So over two to three weeks, uh, you're going to the doctor. You're having your follicles measured. You're doing injections nightly. Were you dating at the time? Great question. Um, this does bring back memories. Um, I read somewhere that like you could be attracting the wrong mate when you're all, you know, filled with hormones. <laughs> but um, a friend of mine was setting people up, and I was like, okay, this is another step, another actionable step to take towards becoming a mom. I have to date to actually. You know. Procreate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Date to procreate. That's I love a new it. campaign. Um, so I raised my hand um, and I started dating this guy. And he was um, emotionally very available, which was really nice. And I told him what I was going through. I was just very honest. Like, I can't, you know, do this or that. Um, you can't. Uh, be active sexually while you're doing this either, um, in addition to not exercising uh, very rigorously. So, and he was like, okay. And I was like, all right, well, I have to do my shots now, so I'll talk to you later. He was like, no, I can stay. I was like, 
oh, like, can you, like, semi-distract me and also make me feel calm at the same time? He was like, yeah, I'll, like, read a story. I was like, amazing. Did it bring you closer? I think it did. I think the whole experience, um, like, kind of bonded us. He was also um, there to walk me on the morning of my egg retrieval, um, which was just, like, nice to see a familiar face there to drop me off, even though someone else was going to pick me up. Um, And we didn't end up working out, but I am so grateful for those times that he was there um and like you know just knowing that he supported me in my journey um that means a lot what did you imagine would happen when you were walking in and what did happen um i was i was nervous um and i knew i was going to go under anesthesia um I remember right before I kind of went out, I said, it's normal to be nervous, right? The doctor's like, yeah. And then I think the anesthesiologist asked me, what's your favorite cocktail? And that's the last thing I remember answering to. And I was like, rosé cider. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember they were laughing as my eyes closed. Um, When I woke up, I didn't expect to feel so emotional. Um, I almost felt guilty about it because I was crying and sobbing while other people were recovering. Um, And then I didn't expect um, to feel uncomfortable in my body and bloated for much longer than I thought. Um, So those were kind of the lower moments. Why do you think you were sobbing when you woke up? I think I just had a lot of compassion for myself. I had just gone through this medically big procedure, right? It had been building up to this point. Um, And maybe it also reminded me of, like, why I ended up there. You know, this huge desire to to have a family one day. And your workplace, so they offered this new benefit, which I think is amazing. How did you work while going so often to the doctor and running home to do your shots and meds How do you, what did you tell people at work? Did you have to tell your boss that you were going through this? Uh, So I'm an open book. Uh, So I told people, and I know it makes some people uncomfortable, especially the guys. Um, (laughs) But I definitely told my immediate team and I decided to do something creative, which was send out an email and say, hey, I'm just uh, going through something and I need to walk more since I can't exercise. So if you want to do like a walking meeting, like, please let me know. Um, And I also kind of became a little cheerleader at work. Like, um, did you know you have this benefit? That That's a great thing because many people we see in the research don't know that they have any fertility benefits. We wish more companies Uh, offered that, but the ones that do don't always know. So that's great that you were a cheerleader. You you also talked about the physical toll, feeling bloated, uncomfortable. What were the hours and the days and the weeks after your egg retrieval like? Um, I was told that, you know, I could feel bloating for a couple of days, but I definitely felt it for longer than like 
a week and a half. So I remember emailing the nutritionist that I had seen and kind of asking her for her advice. And um, I also, you know, spotted at some point and I, that made me nervous. And I went back in to get a checkup and I was it was OK. It was like a normal thing. Um, so, yeah, I kind of liked the time leading up to the procedure, I tell everybody. But coming off of it, maybe it was just like, you know, again, my body wasn't used to that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I've done 18 fertility treatments. So it's incredible. I, <laughs> you are incredible. No, but uh, and I'm sharing that more to say that each time it 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 is a physical, emotional, financial, relational toll each time. And uh, recovery was different depending on how many eggs I produced. So part of the reason you're bloated after is because your body's been so hyper-stimulated and it's just kind of coming down from that. It's kind of PMS on, on steroids. Mm. Um, hormonally, were you affected during those weeks of treatment? I'm normally semi-emotional and in touch with my emotions, so maybe a little bit heightened. Um, but my friend who had the 20 egg retrieval, she said, like, she couldn't stop crying, like, when she was, like, talking to her boss. Uh, so I guess that also depends for everybody. That's the funniest thing because the posters for egg freezing show laughing women, not crying women. But that, that the hormones do a number on, on your mind sometimes. For yeah, sure. even without egg freezing, you know, it's like we're <laughs> at different levels every month. So, um, you know, if they're really spiking or really go, going downhill from that spike, then that's definitely going to show up somehow. You know, so Co wrote, you wrote this great essay for Pregnanish about your experience. One of the top trending articles on Pregnanish is about constipation mm. <laughs> after IVF or egg retrieval. So there's an unpretty side to this empowering move that we're, we're taking to take control of our fertility. But it's real talk. We have to talk about these things. So um, um, in the future, when even in the present, as you're dating, do you bring this up on any of the dates you go on that, yeah, by the way, P.S., I have some eggs frozen. Does it come up? Yes, it does. Um, I feel comfortable saying it. And even to my guy friends, like, and they're like, oh, yeah, my other friend did this too. But I actually brought this up on a, I think it was a date date. And um, the guy told me that he froze his sperm. Because there's a new company that his friend is starting where he can basically do it from home. I'm still dating and I'm still like very open about that. And uh, I think it's the same kind of curiosity that guys share. It's kind of like a little light bulb goes off in their heads in the same way that like when I bring it up to like women, they're like, oh, like, tell me more. You know, it's not a it's not a doesn't have like a negative connotation to it um and it might for some people internally right like oh my fertility my fertility levels are low or oh like um i don't know some other situation um but for the receiver of that information as far as i found it's more of like curiosity peaked than a judgment or like um a scarlet letter so, so what's the mindset now when you go into a date, a first date versus before you froze your eggs? Um, I definitely have more of a sense that like I do have time 
Um, but at the same time, you know, I think I would approach a first date the same way. Like if egg raisin comes up, like that's fine. Um, and I still want to know, like, if this guy wants to have a family. Um, I don't know if I'm like directly more carefree, right? Because I still care. Like I still, it's still important for me, like, to date and to find somebody to have a family with. And uh, what advice would you give? others who are considering freezing their eggs, but really on the fence, don't know a lot about it, and they're listening right now to you. They're listening closely. What advice do you have? Don't jump into anything um, is my general advice because I have also rushed things in my life other than egg freezing. Um, and know that for me, you know, it did take a couple of years. It was, you know, after I heard about it for the first time, I just kind of like kept it in the back of my head. And then I got my levels checked and then I got my levels checked again. I went through a huge breakup um, and took a couple of months before I decided to dive into egg freezing because I didn't want anything to be like an emotional reaction. Um, I wanted to go into it feeling emotionally strong. Um so, and then, you know, once you decide, like, get all the support that you need in your way. You don't have to be totally open like I was. Um, but also remember that people love you and want to help you and want to be there for you. And we all want, you know, our dreams to come true. So um, however you approach it is perfect. Love that. Where is the strangest place you ever did a fertility shot? Where is there a place outside of your apartment that you had to administer a shot? Because for those who don't know, sometimes it's very timed. You can't just do it any part of the day. I was just very like, got to be home. So I didn't have any weird things. Um, but I don't know. You could probably find me at a McDonald's somewhere <laughs> if I had to. <laughs> we all do what we have to do. I think the weirdest place I ever administered, actually my husband administered a shot, was in JFK Airport, like out in the open. I mean, by many years in, I had no shame. We had to catch a plane. I just like pulled up my shirt, just do it now. And we hopped on a plane and people were staring and I didn't even care anymore. But um, we've heard at Pregnantish people doing it in train station with junkies. I mean, like it it gets it's very disruptive, as you know, when you have to do daily injections. It can it can be very uh, can take a lot of time. So did you carve out time in your schedule for the whole duration of your egg freezing experience? Yeah. I mean, this was a huge investment and priority for me. It was the number one priority. So I would schedule things around it, you know, and I even um, went to a Britney Spears concert, you know, the night before my procedure because I wanted to be like in good spirits. Um, of course, I came home like at a reasonable time and followed all the directions and whatnot. Um, but yeah, there's a lot on the line. So don't want, really want to mess it up. Okay. And then extra. Um, 
Thank you so much for speaking so candidly about your egg freezing experience. I think egg experience. I think for so many listeners, it's it's a relief to hear someone speak so openly. And uh, I certainly appreciated it. No, thank you for having me. And um, you inspire me and I'm sure so many others as well by getting the conversation started and keeping the conversation going. So I'm so glad that you have Ariel and... Um, the rest of us to kind of share the journey with. Thanks so much for listening to the Pregnish Podcast. And please tell your friends if you enjoyed this episode. Look forward to seeing you soon.